I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched the Russian animated film The Snow Maiden from 1952. This is another Soyuz Mult film. Film? Um, and it is based on the Slavic pagan play of the same name by Alexander Otrovsky, uh, itself largely based on traditional folk tales. While the music that is uh, provided throughout it is from Nikolai Rimsky-Korsarov's opera The Snow Maiden, arranged for the film by L. Schwartz. Who wants to do a spoiler-free plot synopsis? All right, I'll try. Okay. Let's see. The film starts with us meeting King Winter and the Spring Fairy when the seasons are turning from winter to spring. They talk and we learn that they have a daughter, uh, the Snow Maiden. Um, how do you say her name? You just have Snow Maiden. Um, her name is the Russian of Snow Maiden. So we'll just call her Snow Maiden, but like, that's her name. Snigorochka or something. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. But, um, you know, you probably don't want to hear us butcher that every time. Right, so, right. Uh, you only get to hear us butcher it that one time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they talk about their daughter, the Snow Maiden. Who's she's 16. Yes. They do say her name. I mean, her age. Yeah, she's 16. She was uh, at, her, at her dad's, basically. <laughs> um, and they uh, basically decide to let her live with uh, the people in the town. Uh, which she is excited about. Yes. Uh, her new parents, or the people who take care of her, are like a drunkard and his wife. And she's excited to be there. She wants to meet this guy, Lel, who sings. And all the girls like him. Uh, so she gets to do that. And he like starts to sing to her. And he's like, I'll sing to you if you give me a flower. And she's like, you could pick the flower. And he's like, but... You have given it to me and I will wear it and tell all the girls that you gave it to me. And he starts to sing to her. And then he notices some other girls, gets up, throws the flower away, and goes to sing to these other girls. And like two, like once or twice, like turns back towards her and kind of like does a like hand shoving away motion, like like, nah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, great guy. Yeah. Um, And soon after, we also see uh, somebody coming into the town with uh, gifts and treats uh, for, as a part of a, what seems like a uh, a ritual or, um, not a ritual, but like a... Um, I'll say dowry, but it, but women usually have the dowry, so... Yeah, so, like some a, uh, practice that is common for his, for his betrothed. So he has a fiancé, he's giving these treats... And he's like, yeah, we're, I'm marrying her. This is for that. Oh, who's that cute girl? Uh, the snow maiden, he sees her and he uh, break, breaks off the uh, engagement because he likes her. Fr- friendship with fiance ended. Yeah. <laughs> snow maiden is my best friend now. Yes, yes. So that kind of uh, uh, pulls in this, uh, this czar who is lamenting about... The winter and spring getting longer and summer getting shorter. They have this deity, the sun deity, who who seems to be scorning the town. 
Uh, so he so he wants to like have a a celebration or something to try to get his favor again, uh, and that's when the betrothed or the formerly betrothed uh, girl comes in and she's like, "You got to do something." He, you know, promised bro- to be. Yeah, he broke off the engagement, uh, so he brings that guy in and is like, you know, I'm. I could kill you, but we're not that evil, so we'll just banish you. And then the Tsar sees the snow maiden. He's like, oh, okay, I kind of see what happened. <laughs> um, instead of banishing you, like, if either, wh- whoever can win her heart, like, you know, gets to have her, basically. Uh, and part of that is to m- melt her heart, basically. Uh, so they try to do that. Uh, Lel and... What's his name? The guy who broke off the engagement's name is Mizgear. So Mizgear and Lel try to do that. Uh, win the snow maiden's heart. Does Lel actually try? Or does he? Well, he, he sings. sings he and... sings a song, and but then he goes after the other girl. He sure does. Yeah, he goes after the. Yeah. He sings a song, and the czar is like, you know, get a, you know, choose. Choose who will give you a kiss for your song or whatever. And instead of going to the snow maiden, which she expects, he goes to the the girl who uh, had her engagement broke off. So he chooses her. And then the snow maiden runs off, runs to her mom, and Mizgear runs after her. But the goblins prevent yeah. him from getting to her initially. Yes, the, the king had said, goblins, if anybody tries to... Love her. Not anybody, if any guy. <laughs> <laughs> if any guy tries to love her, keep him away from her. Protect her. Uh, which, uh, this kind of thing is one of the th- the parts of the story that we can talk about that wasn't quite communicated well, whether it be the film or us. So, they try to do that. She gets the ability to love from her mom. Then sh- the mom's like, the first guy you see, you're going to love him. And the first guy she sees is Mizgear. She loves him. They go to the czar to get their, you know, love blessed. But the the rays of the sun, which this the king was trying, the dad was trying to protect her from. And I think the mom even mentioned to keep her away from the sun. They, they don't do that. She sings this song about, oh, you know, what am I feeling? This is, is this love or is this death? I guess it's both because she dies. Uh, Mizgear is sad, and but the town is is warm and happy, and I think that's it. It's you know I think there's stuff that we missed. Yeah, in terms of like, it's the, very operatic, both yes. in terms of the music throughout it, but just in its storytelling style. Mm-hmm. Um, for better and worse, I guess. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, the the caveat here is that like. It was hard to find this, and so I, like, had to find a YouTube video that did not have English subtitles, so I had to find the English subtitles separately and, like, work to sync them properly. And, like, it doesn't feel like they're super, like, official and, like, well-made, so there's a lot of, like, there's a bit of a barrier for us uh, with the language (laughs) In terms of, like, fully understanding and appreciating this. And that's before you even get to just the cultural barrier of stuff that is just taken for granted in Russian culture that we can't directly relate to because we don't come from that culture. Right. So there's there's barriers here. Um, but as much as possible, we got 
the gist of it. Um, what did we think of this movie? I'm jury still out for me. Uh, it, it again. There's just so many. There's so many things that are offensive to me. But that's if it was my culture, then it then it wouldn't be. So I mean, it's just it's just that kind of I don't know. Like women are a commodity. What you know? It's whatever. very patriarchal. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. So I mean, so in that sense, that kind of kind of soured it. It was just kind of it was. It was a little bit strange, so I'm not quite sure how I feel. Yeah, framing it through this kind of uh, fairy tale tragedy, it 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 reminds me of kind of a uh, a fairy tale with a tragic ending. Brothers Grimm, Hans Christian Andersen, uh, whichever. But it specifically, I think of the Little Mermaid, um, where she you know turns into foam. So, it, you know, not, not a Disney happy ending sort of thing. So in that sense, I can appreciate it from that point of view. But I think in this particular presentation, it's it wasn't good for people who aren't familiar with it. So I would say if you want to get this story, it's probably better to see like an opera or like with official translations i think you'd probably get the full story rather than the omission of things that are that feel like they are understood to be like culturally known so yeah i guess if if it's a recommended i probably wouldn't recommend this uh yeah i i don't know if i recommend i at least not strongly i don't strongly recommend it um especially in this form if there was um if there was a officially released version that had official English subtitles that were well translated, uh, that would be a big step towards making this more enjoyable to begin with. Um, but overall, even if even if I could understand it better, I don't think it think it's super my vibe. Um, the opera singing and stuff is like fine, but it doesn't do a whole whole lot for me personally beyond me being able to be like. They're very good at singing. They're doing a great job. But, like, it's not like I don't enjoy it in the terms of, yeah, I want to hear that opera song again, you know? Yeah, um, like, this song slaps. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I'm um, I'm potentially there for tragic or more sad stories, but this one doesn't personally grip me, I think. I think some of it is just the way that it really does feel like a a traditional folklore tale, which is what it derives from. And those just kind of often, they come from times where values were pretty different and I just can't really connect with them as much. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't connect with me personally and on a, on a big level. And I feel like even if the translation were better, it wouldn't necessarily, but I would be potentially interested in rewatching it if I had official subtitles or seeing like a, a play uh, version, uh, a stage production of it or something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't personally recommend it, at least not very highly. If it sounds appealing to you being a animated Russian opera based on traditional folk tales, then yeah, go for it. Let's get specific. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the stirring characters and stuff. So yeah, I... Uh... I pulled up an article from operaandbelle.com with that has kind of like a synopsis of the um of the opera 
And I think there are some things that fill in blanks that we missed, again, either because... Because of the subtitles or because it's a more truncated thing than a stage production would be. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, this makes it clear that uh, Spring and Father Frost married. So that wasn't obvious until, to me, or at least that they at least had a kid. Because the, <laughs> the way that the subtitles were, it just felt like the Spring Fairy was like, making small talk with Father Frost. I'm like, oh, how's your daughter? Right. And then he's like, our daughter. And I'm like, wait. And then she, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, it, it was kind of a buried lead that like, no, sure. how is our daughter? Yeah, yeah. Um. So they married. And, and I think the thing that wasn't there is that the uh, the son and the sun god is called Urillo, that he was uh, bitter about their union and him having a daughter. Uh, later, the Tsar talks about uh, the sun god. Being unhappy. Right. And it is because of the daughter. Not, Interesting. Not because of the town. Yeah, yeah. And the the effect of them having the daughter, of, of the snow maiden existing, is that the influence of winter affects spring as well. So that is why there are colder springs Longer winters and springs and the summer is smaller. Interesting. So this union affects the summer. And and none of that was really communicated. Yeah. It, At least not in what we read. Yeah. And, and the, the kind of ending part where the sun is so detrimental to the snow maiden... It, it it kind of makes sense because she has she's cold and and all of that. There's but, definitely foreshadowing. But yeah, like, but but there is more obvious intent behind that in in terms of him being jealous or whatever. Yeah. So so that's one thing to start that I think we we missed that makes an impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked when spring attacked winter with birds because she was grumpy at a thing that he said. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mom immediately disliked Lel uh, when he asked uh, the Snow Maiden to pay for his music with a flower. Yeah. She's just immediately really not about him. Mm -mm. Uh, And then she was proven right because he sucks because he throws her flower to the ground and runs after other girls. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, I was like, all the human men in this film are the worst. Which isn't fully true. It's mostly those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yet, you know, the other one is the... And sort of the czar. He's got some vibes that I don't like. Um, but the, I like the, I like her, her drunk father. He's cool. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know how else to refer to him than the drunk man. I don't know that he's necessarily always drunk. That's just yeah. what he's known for. Uh, they did call him Bobbil. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, that's actually one of the names that I have, I think. Bobbil yeah. Bakula is what I have written. Yeah, no, the whenever the uh spring and, and winter are, are talking, they're like, Yeah, Bobble and I'm like, Okay, is this like some wise dude or something? Yeah, yeah. No, nope. <laughs> no, it's like we're gonna give our daughter he's, yeah, because he's chill. Don't be he, rude to him. Yeah. Yeah, well and the the weird thing is I guess too with my vibe culture or whatever, it's like you have bad parents to start. Because hey, you've got whoa. you've got the dad that wants hang on. He does a cool winter. little he goes Oh, you no, mean yeah. you mean spring and winter. Yeah, that that, oh, that sure. are the right. actual parents. Because the dad because fa- father spring or wait, sorry, whatever it is. Father like, winter. Father winter wants to keep her locked Just up say spring for the rest and winter, it's easy. Okay. Wants to keep her locked up for the rest of her existence to keep her safe. And then the Mother Fairy Spring was like, no, she needs to be free. She's got to be happy. And so then their compromise is, well, we're just going to give her away. 
we're gonna we're gonna give her away to human, you know, perish to this other guy. <laughs> so yeah. that's our solution. Hey, like, you know. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. To these people she's never met in her life, let's just give so, you away. Yeah. yeah. And, and even at that point it was known that the the son was gonna try to kill her by filling her with the fire of love, and that's why the dad was like talking to the goblins of like protecting her. Yeah, yeah. And again, that wasn't that didn't feel communicated. Yeah, and no, it wasn't. Saw. Yeah, um, I like the part later uh, that Valerie mentioned in the opening when the guy's on on trial for not uh, sticking to his promise to to marry the girl or whatever, and the czar's like, "What this guy did deserves the death penalty, but also we don't practice that, so we're just gonna banish it." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I also sorry. One of the things that disturbed me in in the storyline is that the original girl that got scorned, yeah. um, I mean, not not the snow maiden whose flower was turned down, but the girl that was betrothed to this this yeah. other guy. Um, when he rejected her, she immediately went and she was going to kill herself. And That's then, right. yeah, yeah, I mean, and so I mean, what I what bothers me is literally she had just met this guy, and it's just like it's. I don't know if the she guy that came just, to town. It, it like. seems a little unclear. Yeah, it seems. Like I think he just we need to, to understand the culture better to say whether or not well, that's. I don't even think culture. I mean, this story. Right. Like, it seemed like no, he the just culture came to having town. a story. Sure. Right, because like the thing that he's doing, as far as how we can kind of try to understand it through the subtitles and what we're seeing, is that a guy that we hadn't seen before comes into town with two people with his throws throws stuff at ladies and is like I want to I need to have a gift before I take one of you away As and my then wife. one of the ladies comes up and is like we're we're engaged or whatever and so it's unclear if that happened then or if they had been engaged you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. because then because then it appears like she just met this guy got engaged and then because I think it looks sc- worse for him if they had been together before. That's yeah. fair. So, yeah. and when he went back on it, then she's just immediately going to kill herself. And she was stopped then by is it Lel? It was or Lel. Yeah. Lel um, from killing herself, and he's the one who gave her the idea. Well, just go and bring you. You know, kind of like you have a legitimate gripe. You know, you were you know scorned or whatever. You need to go to the czar. But just that mentality that oh my gosh, I I. My whole self-worth is caught up in whether I'm going to marry someone. I know. You know what I'm saying? This is like, I mean, not that Romeo and Juliet is an opera, but like that's like Mm -hmm. also two young people who like, you know, act really impulsively and and die. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's just kind of a thing in some of these sorts of stories. Like it's, it's just kind of, I guess, something that needs to be accepted with the territory to an extent, even, even if it's not your cup of tea yeah and i think the also like you said the kind of foreshadowing kind of showing what is possible in this story yeah, is yeah, that yeah. somebody is scorned and they kill themselves right story character stuff i i liked the human parents for snow maiden yes the drunk guy and his wife they were they were chill Probably the chillest two people in the whole story. Yeah. She was uh, just delighted by him. Yeah. They had a, a festival thing and he was dancing and she was like smiling and yeah. it was their cool. She wore she wore a cool hat later. Yeah, yeah, I really And, and the snow snow maiden was like, Everyone loves your cool yes, hat. Yeah, this is what I mean is I love because when they come in to have audience in front of the czar, 
everyone is staring at the sto- the snow maiden, yet the, the mom is coming in and, and, you know, like with her new hat. And the snow maiden just so innocently and, and lovingly is like, no, they yes. They all love your hat. They all. It's kind of like, this is what everyone's staring at is yeah. your incredible hat. So, yeah, loved it. <laughs> loved it. Not a fan. We already talked about not a fan of either one of the young guys that were pursuing love. Um, they did not handle it well. They were pretty yeah. horrible. Um, the czar, eh, you know, uh, I, I'm glad to see that he seemed to look on the snow maiden as more fatherly, like, you know, or, you know, whatever I'm going to betroth because I was a little bit worried there. I was going to go in another direction. Um, but yeah, no real big outstanding characters, um, other than the snow maiden. Um, I, I think she was a fairly interesting, you know, character. She just basically... Wanted to experience life and wanted to experience, yeah, yeah. yeah, what was going on in the town. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much said the whole story, so no spoilers, Mm -hmm. it sounds like. Oh, yeah, we're not going to do a spoiler section. It's a little Uh, unclear what we would do besides maybe the, like, very last moments. But so much of that is so heavily foreshadowed that it's kind of, Yeah, well, and, and as we said, then when the Snow Maiden does melt away by the sun, then, um... The, the man that was Mid-scare. in love with her, um, you know, very, tra- off a cliff. very tragic ending. But again, the the town seemed to be very happy because even though the snow maiden melted away in front of their eyes or whatever died, it was going to make their weather better. So they were happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but- I don't think they were happy she died. No, like there but- was, they had some sad faces, but they weren't that faced. Yeah, yeah. I want, that's what I wanted to read. So this is from the um, article with the synopsis. That in Act 4, the snow maiden waits for her mother by a lake. And in the synopsis, it notes that this is her final hour in the land of Berendes. Uh, At dawn, the sun god's reign will begin and summer will come. So, yeah, like, I I think, like you said, it's foreshadowed. I think it is, you know, very, very obvious of where this is going to end. Yeah. And and it wasn't quite to us in the film. Uh, And then, uh, so she does... She is warmed by love like the god wanted, <laughs> um, and uh, she melts away. Uh, however, the sad passing of the Snow Maiden and Mizgear's terrible death will not cast a cloud on the Festival of the Sun. Uh, with her death, Father Frost loses his power over spring. He can no longer freeze people's hearts and souls, and uh, the Sun God will grant favor to the land of the Brendes once again, bringing peace and prosperity. So, so yeah, I think this kind it's of... A, it's a maybe melancholy ending, I guess, in that it's, like, sad that these characters died, but for everyone else, stuff is ostensibly going to be better now. Yeah, yeah. I think this uh, conflict between these forces of spring, winter, summer, again, wasn't quite communicated in the film for, for us. Yeah. Uh, I think almost... actually making the sun guy more of an actual character might have helped, but... Now, I mean, it seems to me more like a fable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's based yeah. on traditional folktales. Yeah, like yeah. a fairy yeah. tale, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Let's talk some about animation. Uh, the rotoscoped birds dancing looked neat, but yeah. also a little bit off-putting sometimes. I think especially with the, like, it worked better with the long-legged um, birds with the, like, 
kind of shorter ones, it looked a little bit weird. Uh, a little bit reminding me of uh, the ghost walrus dancing like Kev Calloway. <laughs> um, I really liked the cloth bouncing on that one dancing bird's head, though. Yes. Yeah, when it was just like focused on the one bird and there was this and he was like doing a dance or whatever, but there was cloth kind of bouncing above him. It That looked really nice. Like the, the cloth moved like I would imagine cloth actually moves. It looked it looked good. Um, I love the designs of the forest goblins. Yes. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. looked great. Uh, um, the, what was his name? The drunk guy? Bobbil. Uh, Bobbil. Um, I really liked when it uh, kind of did a close up on him and we got to see some of his expressions. That 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 animation was really nice and really kind of gave this, it, it like, yeah, it gave the impression of like this guy who's maybe a little tipsy, not fully knows what's going on, but is trying to like, you can see the gears turning in his head, basically. Yeah, because when he he's the first to see the snow maiden, and he thinks it's a hallucination, or he's yeah, trying yeah. to like, is like, is this real or not? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cute. Uh, I really and and mom commented on this a couple times in, while we were watching the the buildings were really gorgeous with like mm, the white yes. wood and the and the painting on them and stuff like really pretty. Yeah, the designs. Uh, I mean the. Um, the when I say designs, like the, uh, the, the, well, the patterns, um, very detailed patterns, just almost, sorry for anyone, probably older people mainly recognizing, but just like intricate patterns like L.L. Bean or, or even, um, Navajo blankets. I mean, but it obviously is Russian design, but just beautiful patterns. Yeah. Um, and just gorgeous. I also love the animation of the people and the snow maiden was so beautiful. And unlike, you know, Snow White or some of the, like the Disney where they just make them almost so plain other than the eyes and almost, I'm not saying that if I looked real closely, maybe the girls wouldn't have the same kind of template. But I think because all of the beautiful patterns and their outfits and the clothes and the, um, the coats and the, and, and dresses and the, and the things that they wore, they looked very distinguished to me. And the snow maiden, especially since they had her, of course, all in white, she wasn't just this blank, I mean, blank white. I mean, you could see the patterns on her, um, on her coat. You could see she, she had this beautiful braided hair and she was just very visually beautiful. Um, and, and then some of the other, again, many of the other maidens were very beautiful also. Uh, but I just, yeah, she was. I think aside from the fact that her hair was like in a braid, she looks a lot like a character you would make in a character creator. <laughs> oh, me. I, I think that yes. might be why she appeals to <laughs> Why she appeals to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they, she looks fine. The, the style of this is definitely very realistic overall, yeah. besides like the goblins. I think Which, it didn't meld well, though. I think overall it looks good. And, I mean, it's clearly very well animated. It's clearly also rotoscoped, like, for most of its runtime. Yeah. Um, and it overall, I think, works pretty well. I'm not sure that it always lends to the emotion as well as more expressive faces might. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think honestly, my biggest criticism of it is that I had been I had been expecting that she was uh, gonna melt away or whatever, especially when she like was literally saying in her song that she was going to. Uh, <laughs> oh, she was! I was going away. Yeah, yeah. And so I was. Well, she literally like said that she was gonna melt. <laughs> but anyways, so I was sitting here like wondering what that's gonna look like because I was finding it personally very hard to 
visualize like her physically melting in this in the art style, you know, in the way that the art style had been that felt hard to imagine. Uh, and what it basically amounted to was like kind of fading away, like just just becoming transparent and disappearing, which is not how I would describe melting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, it didn't feel like a super effective way to describe the thing that it was supposed to be happening, to show the thing that was supposed to be happening, because it also just visually looks a lot like when her mom disappears, the uh, when Spring like disappears, but Spring's fine when she does that. So it's kind of like... The vi- since the visual is similar to a thing that does not indicate death, it is a little obfuscated that it's death, even though it fairly clearly is. Um, yeah, I think that they're that they should have had her melt somehow, and I'm not saying it needs to be like this horrific, like <laughs> the them opening the 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 thing in Indiana Jones and her melting like that. But just like, I I guess one of the ways I envisioned it in my head is that as she's singing, she's like getting shorter or something. (laughs) And like, that's kind of funny, but then it also kind of would get sadder. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, and then like, as she sings her last note, it like cuts into showing someone else be emotional and then goes back to her. And it's just her clothes on the ground and she's yeah. like gone. Like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted there to be something that actually indicated melting to me instead of just fading away magically. Um, I know it wouldn't go as well lyrically, but she could have said, I'm going to evaporate in the sun oh because she knows. <laughs> you know, Frost does that. Then she um, could disappear, but just kind of have little uh-huh. waterlets disappear. Sure. Off. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Oh, I think the pe- they did do the sparkle thing. They did the sparkle thing a tiny bit at the very end. I, I felt like it should have been dragged out more, honestly, because she didn't really start fading until like the very, very end of her very long song. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, the painting of the sun gives me Majora's Mask vibes of the evil moon that's going to drop down and kill everyone. That's an evil looking sun. <laughs> that's That sun has bad vibes. Yes. <laughs> um... Anything else for you guys with animation stuff? Uh, yeah, like what you said with the uh, the people being very realistic. I think it. Um, I I think like like you said, the emotions weren't communicated as well with the rotoscoping. Uh, it it was a little distracting to me with the how realistic they looked and the songs they were singing. The mouth movements weren't synced up very well with that with what I was hearing. So, yeah, a a little distracting. With the way it was rotoscoped, knowing it was an opera, like you had, you had these, these songs, these performances, and you had characters like dancing and stuff. And it just felt like, with the question of like what it would look in live action, to me, it feels like, which I'm cutting to, uh, it, it feels like this didn't gain much by being animated i i would agree honestly yeah i i mean i probably wouldn't have watched it then because this is an animation podcast um but like it did feel like there wasn't a lot done with animation in here that enhanced it from from like a live action stage production you know like i guess some of one of the bigger things is is winter like riding in on his snowy horse things and the goblins getting to look a little cooler, but those could also be guys in cool costumes on a stage. 
so yeah, I mean, honestly, the stage version's probably better because it has a bigger runtime to explain itself. Yeah. You can probably, yeah, a live action version, whether stage or or if it was recorded, you could probably more clearly see the emotions and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I It didn't feel like it, it was beautifully animated, but it doesn't feel like, especially given so much of it was clearly rotoscoped. It's like at this point, why are we bothering to have it be animated? And I mean, it is beautiful and there's some really beautiful uh, set design with the houses and stuff once we're in springtime. Like, it it's pretty, but you could also have really gorgeous uh, set design in a live action movie too that could mimic pretty much anything that happens here. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, you could probably even have more convincing effects of her melting tbh so like <laughs> i yeah i don't know it really didn't feel like it it was very pretty and really well animated and i want to like be clear and give kudos to the animators they did a great job but it's it just didn't really feel like it utilized the medium to its strengths to like enhance the storytelling here from where i'm coming from and i just think that it's not knowing not knowing the story culturally, it just still felt like there were a lot of gaps. It just was not a very fluid story. It was hard to follow. So maybe, again, if it, you know, unless I knew that story very well, and it was almost like a bedtime story to me, it, it would have been hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with what you said, especially with the the main kind of standout thing with this versus maybe a stage production might be the set design or seeing the the paintings and all all of that you there'd probably be less of that in a stage production but but you know as this film I don't I don't think that means that uh this had to be created this way because we get to see this really nice thing yeah uh, there were so many things that we didn't get that I think we probably would have in a live action or especially a stage production. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it felt like this was, it felt like at the very least, it wasn't like definitely better right. than a live action production would be. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Agreed. Let's talk a little bit about sound design. I liked every time that, uh, I just blinked on his name again. Bob L. Thought Bob L saying, because uh, he like would do like quick singing and then he'd do like the, the Russian dance thing where he was like kicking his legs out from under him and it was fun and jaunty like two times that he was doing some singing. Um, Lel's singing voice very much sounded like a woman. I wish I could easily verify whether or not his singing voice was a woman, um, but it's kind of difficult not knowing Russian. But when Valerie was looking at like some of the stage stuff, like two of the productions that she looked at had Lel played by a woman. So it seems like that it's that kind of lends credence to the idea for me that the, the singing voice was a woman. Um, very, very operatic. All the music in here is um, a lot of it isn't super to my taste, but it's all very well done. It seems like. Yeah, like this definitely felt like a a translation from an opera. Yes. Uh so the music followed it, it it sounded good. It's it sounded like there was a credit for like an arrangement for this film. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Yeah, in the same way that like the basic versions of a lot of Brothers Grimm fairy tales and uh, Hans Christian Andersen stories and stuff uh, don't necessarily hold up because of some of the values of the, the people creating or transcribing them. I guess in the case of Brothers Grimm, they were translating traditional folktale sort of things. Um, it, it, there's... There's values here that aren't soup that we don't super like jive with anymore. <laughs> like it's just not really. It, there's a lot of patriarchal stuff here. Some of that is like, yeah, sure, it's it's from this traditional tale and it's from a different culture, but just like overall, it's very much like a thing where men are the ones that matter the most. It seems like with decision making and like just uh it's it's very man focused lel like is, is sucks and doesn't get like any repercussions whatsoever which is like that can be okay in a story but it feels like we're not supposed to be annoyed that he doesn't have any repercussions yeah because i mean he's just he's just such a player and again just just very insensitively spurns uh, the the snow maidens, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, he literally asks well. her for a flower, gets it, says that I'll show this to the other girls to show that you're like you're the only one for me. Then looks over the way, sees some other girls, takes that flower, throws it to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, just like it's not like it's it's on the nose. Honestly, like he he asks for it, says what it means, which means like. Uh, fidelity you know like means still like sticking with just her and then immediately is like no actually and there's no like that feels in that moment like that's clearly not supposed to be like great of him and yet at no point does the narrative actually like punish him or like in or if it's not going to punish him like indicate like Oh, he su- he still like kind of sucks though, right? Like it doesn't feel like feels like the narrative is just kind of like eh, whatever about him. Especially <laughs> since the other gentleman in this that initially you know says yeah he's going to be engaged to this girl that seemingly he just met and then decides to go for another person is going to be could have been put to death and then is banished. Yeah, yet there's no repercussions for for Lel for yeah. yeah. It's like it's, I want to make I want to be clear that I don't have. A problem with characters not being like nice or good people in media or that I feel like if a character is bad in media, the media has to like punish him and make it super clear that that he's the worst. But it just it feels like a thing that the film establishes by having it so obvious that he kind of sucks by throwing that flower away and like meh to her but then doesn't seemingly do anything with it. Maybe we're missing stuff in dialogue that yeah. like shows that he had a character change, but it feels like he just randomly decided to be with another lady. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it didn't track in, in what we were able to watch at any rate. Yeah. I think there could be something we're missing. Like, yeah, I would be surprised if there wasn't to some extent. Whenever Lel was initially singing to her, Maybe there's something in her reaction that shows that 
though she likes his song, she couldn't love him because her heart is cold. Maybe. Yeah. And and I think there are some lines that kind of feel like that's what the case is supposed to be. But it wasn't, again, like communicated well, or, or maybe we missed something. Again, I, I can blame, I can put a lot of blame at like the subtitles not being super clear. And like, her reaction know. seems to be quite hurt. So, yeah, so, but, she, but again, she doesn't seem to have the capacity to love. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And the other thing that I find interesting or, or maybe a bit confusing about the story is for this kind of love thing, like she ostensibly, is uh, attracted to Lel versus when it, it comes to the beginning of the story. She knows who he is, and, and Mizgear apparently loves her. I, I guess with the way that the the uh, the couples end up, like what is that supposed to say? Like you have I'm the not sure. the betrothed girl who loved Mizgear and ends up with Lel. Lel likes attention i guess i don't know like why does he choose her was there something we missed there and then the snow maiden liking his songs and liking him uh it seems but you know can't love him and that oh it's the first guy that you see that you love so it doesn't feel like with ms gear and and the snow maiden is that true love or is it just like this infatuation because she can finally feel what love is. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Get, Cause it's yeah. like any of those could be fine, but they all kind of s- have a different spin on what the story is supposed to be about. And we can't really get a full grasp on which it's supposed to be. So we can't get a full grasp on what the story is supposed to be about. Yeah. And because to me, what doesn't hold up is just from what I got to see in this actual yeah. in this actual animation is that everything is surfaced there. You don't have enough character development to show any kind of commitment or whatever. And therefore, the love, supposedly they feel, just seems based on attraction, especially based on the reaction of the first the first man, like because he seems to be mesmerized, at least in his um, countenance and and the looks on his face with the with the snow um, princess uh, when he sees her, and that's why he forsakes his his engagement. So all of that, and then the fact that you're going to have two potential suicides and one suicide at the end, based again on what seems to be a very just surface infatuation or 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 lust or whatever nothing really deep you know it's not like they developed any kind of deep relationship and then you just can't live without your love you know i i don't know this, those things don't hold up to me yeah and, and when you put it that way that makes me think of the kind of uh stories uh, Western stories of Romeo and Juliet, and yeah, again, which gets a lot of that same sort of criticism. Little Mermaid, yeah. So, so I guess in that sense, it is maybe if you are not familiar with a full story, it seems more um, objectionable. But if somebody you know hadn't heard the story of Romeo and Juliet or the Little Mermaid, and they're like, "So wait, these two kids just met. They." Uh, decide they're what like how old are they they're teens yeah they're (laughs) teenagers they this guy uh drinks poison or whatever pretends to and then she ends up killing herself with a stabbing that's messed up so 
I guess in that sense, you know. And it's like, well, yeah, it is supposed to be messed up. But. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, there might be that, like, we're, like, not getting it. And they're like. I think there's definitely an extent. I mean, this is clearly to to some degree supposed to be a tragedy. Yes, yes. Uh, like, that, that is, is clear. It's just the exact character of it is difficult for us to make out with the language and cultural divide. Yeah. It's just kind of what it comes down to. And I think it's kind of. I mean, the overall thing with this episode, isn't it? Like, we've had this issue to some degree with Russian films before, but I think this is where it's been at its most stark. Is yeah. just, like, the, the that disconnect is really hard for us to get over, and we're, we're trying, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be... How would somebody feel not seeing Romeo and Juliet and then seeing a subpar version yeah. of that story? And we don't even know if this is subpar is the True. problem. <laughs> uh, what feels like. And, and subpar could be, could be, again, like not fully encapsulating the story. Sure. Which I feel like at it least, doesn't. At least truncated. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's where we're coming from. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to talk about spoilers. Because I already spoiled it. So let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite part in the movie? Now, I, for me, like, one of the things that comes to mind is Lel throwing that flower on the ground, but it was also one of the funniest, like, wow, what the heck <laughs> moments. So I don't think that's actually it for me. Um, the what is it? Lel singing. He just just bothered me. <laughs> just 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 his arrogance and his just kind of like, look at me. I'm just so great. I wonder. Who, I wonder who your least favorite character is going to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I know what was my least favorite, and in to a decent degree, this is definitely because of the the language barrier, but the beginning of like act three or something where the czar and the advisor guy are talking for a long time. Oh, sure. That part. Like I was just like struggling to understand what they were even on about. And I ultimately more or less got it, but it was, it was a struggle. And I, there was like these suddenly two new people that I don't know or care about. It was, that was my least favorite. I would agree. Yeah. That was giving like the context of this sun God, but like way late it feels like right like i think there was some assumptions in the beginning and so that was definitely kind of rough pacing wise i suppose yeah um yeah uh, i guess i'll agree it was a, a clunky expository scene what was your favorite scene i think this gonna that's a little bit difficult because so much of it was hard to follow. But I think what I enjoyed the most was when the goblins came out and they were preventing, I forgot what is Mes Mescar Mesgear, Mesgear, Mesgear like from reaching the the snow maiden. And, and just kind of that weird would fade in and out. And then sometimes they would jump out of shadow and sometimes he would grab at things. And I don't know. I just, I, I think I liked that the best. Yeah, when he was talking about, like, oh, these fireflies are her eyes. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they later kind of shift to these goblins mm -hmm. laughing at him. That was fun. I think my uh, favorite is in the audience of the czar. Uh, just the part where 
the the wife of Bobble is like oh like asking about her hat and the snow maiden was <laughs> yeah. like it's like a very handsome hat. Thank yes. you for calling that one out. So now I don't have to think about if I want to do that one. I liked uh, Bobble dancing and mm-hmm. he does it twice. So I'll give it to his later one where he's like <laughs> really he's like part of it and these other guys are doing stuff with him and he's like really going for it. Yeah, this story about like a, a beaver or something. Yeah, something like building that. a dam. Yeah, yeah. My my man Bobble over here. <laughs> I think we captured three good scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was your least favorite character, and why is it Lel? <laughs> no, Lel. It doesn't have to be Lel. Lel. If you have a different Lel. one, Boo. Mom's is clearly Lel. Yes. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say, or just he sucks? He just he's just such a poop. Because <laughs> one is he's just uh, his supposed love has conditions. He has very conditional love. He's very <laughs> conceited. And he throws a flower. I think he was trying to be cute. But anyways. No, no. He wasn't endearing or cute at all. He was just an arrogant. Lel is the worst, though. Yeah. I, I, I do not like Lel. I think I would have liked to have seen. And, and maybe this is not the point of the story. But uh, some some more characterization on the. Uh, the girl that he chose. The one oh, who sure. had the mm-hmm. uh, engagement broke broken Mm -hmm. off of because i mean and this is probably fine like it didn't feel like she was vengeful or like she was grief stricken yeah she was Uh, sad (laughs) yes but i think maybe something more before might have been nice because i wonder like why did lel choose her i would have liked to see more of a reason or or something I, i i guess um okay so least favorite character yeah i i'm kind of wanting to say the czar but mostly because mm, his function was it felt truncated i guess or, or not incomplete uh but yeah i guess i'll just go with the czar who was your favorite character bobble yeah i know that's your favorite character <laughs> my man bobble <laughs> He's cool. He's good. Him him and his wife, honestly, they're both really good. But he does the fun dancing, so I'll give it to him. But I really love the moment Valerie talked about where, where his wife uh, was happy about her hat. So, Yeah, I'll agree with that couple. Uh, not just Bobble, because not like the hat scene you have when he's dancing like she's looking at him fondly yeah. she's giving him a dream they snuggle at one point yes i i like that uh so i'll go with both of them their only their only sin is that they don't actually seem that sad when their adopted daughter <laughs> dies but <laughs> very true <laughs> but you know whatever <laughs> They're the best ones in the movie. What's your pick? Mine is going to be the goblin, and especially the goblin yeah. king, because he had kind of a bark-looking head. Yeah, And I cool. also like how he would just sink into the trunk. And then it's kind of like when he got bored with stuff, he covered himself up with, like, the earth like a blanket. Yes. Um, but then I, then he did good, do a good job to... to de- detract and and keep um that guy from getting to her in the morning i don't know where he was he must have been asleep so he fell down on the job there but yeah i just like the goblin goblin king and the goblins if tim curry were in the english dub of this which i'm not sure if that even exists who uh maybe bobble or maybe bobble yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe him he doesn't talk or a the whole goblin. lot yeah I'm or the, the goblin, main goblin the goblin the goblin king what about father winter Oh, I can he hear could. him having a good commanding voice. Yeah. He'd yeah. get to sing. That's That'd true. That'd be fun to hear Tim Curry do opera. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Tim Curry has an incredible voice. <laughs> Which Bobble also does, so. He could totally do that. Or or the czar. 
Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the guy that the czar's talking to. The, yeah, the older guy. the older guys. <laughs> Who is that guy? That's a good question. Or do all of them. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, too distinguished. I have a voice. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. All right. So this film looked really good. It was animated really well. But the story, you know, felt incomplete. Uh, it was a little confusing with kind of the, at least with the translation we had. And also there's probably like other cultural things that we were missing that would have made this more understandable. So I think given those, I will give this a a two, just partly uh, the animation buffers it some. And I would, I, I, I don't think I'd recommend this unless there was like more of an official translated release. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I'll agree with you with the two because this was not a complete story. The biggest downfall to me was it was hard to follow. It wasn't engaging. I mean, it would lose me a lot because I'm like, wait, what's going on? Um, but given the fact that, that there's that cultural difference, some of that could be on me. So I don't want to knock it too much because of that. The animation was beautiful. Uh, so I will, I will make it a two, but I'm still going to say not recommend because I just don't think it was an engaging or compelling enough story because there were just seemingly too many gaps for me. Um, yeah, I think I'll very lightly recommend it if you are interested in Russian animation or just outside the U.S. animation. Um, I agree with Valerie, though. I would much rather... I would more highly recommend it if there were official, like, easily accessible subtitles. I don't personally enjoy it that much. I don't know. I would enjoy it a little more if there were official subtitles, but I don't know that the threshold, like the amount that I could ever really love it would ever be that high. <laughs> I'll give it a two, uh, like you all. And, um, thank you all very much for listening. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, I think the thing with this one is that it doesn't, I don't feel like it does anything uh, visually as interesting as something like uh, the Snow Queen did. Yeah, uh, that story was, you know, a, a bit more compelling, a bit more easy to follow. And there were some really big choices there that made that, you know, super interesting. So, yeah, you had like walking crows and stuff like that. Like you had stuff that would like utilize animation yeah, more. Yeah, more fantastical. And so I think uh, the way that some of the maybe fantastical elements were were interpreted here... Uh, was was a bit too naturalistic or realistic to make that much of an impact. So, uh, yeah, I think that is kind of reflected with our ratings. Thank you all very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. And I would love for you to join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. CDT or CST on Twitch and find me at Nanacritter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. I am streaming Witcher 3, and you all, it's getting so good. The storyline had some really tragic losses, um, and and then there's just so much compelling story. And then you will be able to have um, Danica and Valerie in the chat. They're there to support me. Um, they're <laughs> awesome and just wonderful, friendly people that come in. So, yeah, join me any Wednesday, Nanacritter on Twitch. 
And next time we will be watching. Well, actually, let me say first, uh, thank you all for listening to our uh, holiday. To our holiganza, the thing that we have mostly forgotten to say on any of these episodes. (laughs) Holiganza, holiganza. You should have a a a Christmas version of the intro with like sleigh bells over (laughs) it. Oh, that would be so good. That would be so good. Uh, We'll see. Um, But this is going to be our last episode for the year. So we will, uh, you you will be able to listen to us again in January, uh, but we will be gone for the rest of this year. Uh, When we come back... After a short episode, uh, we will be watching a Japanese film, uh, a pretty early one, okay, yeah. um, that where that's uh, about uh, a prince and a dragon. So hmm. join us for that. All right. All right. Happy Bye. holidays. Yes. Happy, happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. I haven't edited this in a long time, so it says on the spoiler warning, it still says, spoiler alert to tune of Weird Al's virus alert, then skip to timestamp set in a deep, maybe robotic voice. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's still a question. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You change the type of skip to voice.